Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. And this is Mira. And this is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, uh, welcome to our podcast. Hope you like what you hear. Uh, we typically just talk about a movie, we talk about their characters, a little bit about the background. Um, and if you're coming back, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you're doing well. Today, we're actually going to be talking about the 2020 science fiction horror film, uh, The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. It was written and directed by Lee Wannell, and the logline is, A woman believes that her abusive, wealthy ex-boyfriend is stalking her with a device that makes him invisible despite the fact that he committed suicide weeks after she escaped from him. I received information from Wikipedia, IMDb, and Vulture. Uh, in terms of the cast, you have Elizabeth Moss with an S uh, as Cecilia Cass, who is an architect. You may know her um, from Mad Men, the TV show, Us, the movie, Top of the Lake, another TV show, and The Handmaid's Tale, which is another TV, t- TV show. Uh, you skipped over uh, the fact that she uses an S instead of a Z in her name because uh, they want to keep the sound Z for Xenu only in Scientology. Oh. I'm, I just made that up, but that's oh. totally something that they would do, right? Yeah, I think that's something <laughs> that they would do. They're like, no, no. We know, it's not, we know Xenu is with, with an X, but that still sounds a little bit too much like Z, so we're going to have you change your name to Elizabeth. We don't want you to say Z. Your name is Elizabeth now. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, we have Aldous Hodge as James Laner, a police detective. You may know him from Straight out of Compton. I think he was the one that played Dr. Dre. Uh, what Men Want. Uh, One Night in Miami, and the upcoming Black Adam. He's playing Hawkman. Hawkman in Black Adam? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and like, I think Dwayne Johnson is Is Black Adam? Yeah. Oh, they're actually making that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder who Hawkwoman is. Oh, wait, like, oh, I don't know. Because for them, Hawkman and Hawkwoman are always, like, together. Oh, like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in a, in a way? You mean like Vision and Scarlet Witch? No, I thought... No. Um, well, that and also like in, in like a lot of the animated TV show, mm-hmm. like they always had Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver always together. Oh, no, because they're brothers, like brother-sister. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought that Hawkman and Hawkwoman are also No, no, siblings. Hawkman and Hawkwoman are these, like, old gods that, uh, like, an ancient cult trapped their souls into these, like, cycles that they have to, like, find each other in life every time. Oh. Do you remember the movie um, that uh, thing was in? Uh, oh, Cloud Atlas? Was that the one? No, no, the one with um, Will Smith, where oh. he had superpowers. Um, Hancock. Yeah, where he when he would get close to uh, Charlize Theron's character, they would, like, fight or whatever. They would die. Oh. This is kind of the same thing with Hawkman and Hawkwoman, where they whenever they get close to each other, they're, like, 
powers activate and they become Hawkman and Aquaman. Okay, yeah. so they had to be together in order. Yeah, yeah. But like, are they the type where it's like they can't be together too long? No, 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 no. They have they have to stay together, and oh. then like it every time they get together, their power gets strong and stuff, and then they have to be broken apart and killed so that they have to spend another lifetime looking for each other. <laughs> it's this whole thing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was our. <laughs> Our class on the DC universe <laughs> in this Wait, review I of Black the Invisible Adam Man. Was Marvel? No, Black Adam's DC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's the antithesis of uh, Shazam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, who came first, Shazam or Black Adam? I don't know. Because that would be interesting. Because you know, like how I think like... they were well, they were both sorcerers that fought against each other. Yeah, but like remember, like there's always like the thing where like if one of like like either if Marvel like creates like a character... oh well, both of them are from DC. Wait, I thought Shazam was from. No, Marvel. Shazam's also from DC. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, Shazam's also from DC. Yeah, yeah. They're they're from they're like each other's like. You oh, know, so Superman. It's, so it's like Green Lantern and then that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or Batman and Joker. Yeah, yeah. Like Batman and Joker. Like Superman and um, yeah. Lex Luthor. Green Lantern and then the yellow guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Not not like, you know, races yellow yeah. guy, but yeah. he, he wears yellow. Exactly. Like Captain America and uh, Red Skull. You know, okay. they're each other's like enemies. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Moving on. <laughs> so, fun fact about Al Aldous is that he was actually uh, one of the kids in Die Hard with the Vengeance. Really? So, like, there's, like, several scenes with, like, a group of three boys. And um, they, like, hang out with Sam Jackson's character. And one of them is Aldous. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Storm Reed uh, plays Sydney Laner. Uh, she's uh, James's daughter. Uh, you may know her from A Wrinkle in Time, The Suicide Squad. Not uh, to confuse with Suicide Squad is The Suicide Squad, and Euphoria and Searching Two. Uh, there's a Searching Two. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh well. Yeah, oh. but I don't know if it's it's going to follow. You know, I was gonna say, how did he lose her again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She was like when we left off, like she was like they didn't really specify if she was like forever paralyzed or just like in a wheelchair for like a several months. Like, mm. but yeah, like maybe he lost her in like the mall and she just yeah <laughs> wheeled herself out. out. Yeah. Uh, next we have Harriet Dyer as Emily Cass. Uh, she is. Cecilia's sister, you may know her in Act No Activity, which is an Australian TV show. The other guy, another Australian TV show, and uh, Killing Ground, which is an Australian film. Uh, that's those are like m her most famous roles. Cause yeah, she, she wasn't that famous. Yeah, here but, in the U.S. at least. Yeah, she's yeah. she's mostly famous in Australia. And then next you have Michael Dorman as Tom Griffin, who plays Adrian's brother and lawyer. Uh, you may know him for All of Mankind, which is a TV show, Pirates of the Caribbean.
Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which probably no one watched. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone watched it, just no one remembers it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Patriot, which is a TV show. And finally, we have Oliver J- Jackson Cohen as Adrian Griffin, who is a scientist, and Celia's ex-boyfriend. You may know him from The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. Oh, wow. Uh, both of them are TV shows. Uh, the Lost Daughters and Will and Kate before Happily Ever After, which was a web series. What? Will and Kate? What is that? Who's that about? Oh, like Prince William and Kate uh, Middleton. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure a lot of people care. Uh, Alrighty, we're going to talk a little bit about the development of the film. Uh, so, The Invisible Man is inspired by the novel of the same name by H.G. Wells, which at this point is in the public domain, so that's why we're you know getting these movies made about it. Uh, the novel focuses on a scientist named Griffin who devotes himself to research into optics and invents a way to change a body's reflective index to that of the air around it. Griffin tests and experiments on himself, causing himself to become permanently, permanently invisible. However, Griffin uses this invisibility to commit crimes like robbery, arson, and murder. After announcing his plan to use his invisibility to terrorize the nation, he kills a man before trying to kill his former classmate from medical school. However, Griffin is killed by a mob and his body becomes visible. Due to this change in the main character's behavior, Griffin became an iconic villain in horror fiction history. Development for the new Invisible Man film began in early as 2006 when David S. Goyer was hired to write the screenplay. Goyer is known for writing the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, as some of his projects. He remained attached to the project as late as 2011 with little to no further development on the film. In February 2016, the project was revived with Johnny Depp cast as the titular character and Ed Solomon, uh, writer, producer, and director, writing the screenplay for it. It was revealed to be part of an intended cinematic universe for the Universal Studios, known as the Dark Universe. That's kind of funny, right? Like, now thinking back on it, like, when they announced that, they're like, we're starting a cinematic universe. Well, I think it was, like, to, like, compete with Disney's, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel and DC. And and... I I think it's probably because they couldn't say the dark cinematic universe. Because then, like, Disney's going to be like, well, we have, like, two other words. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um... So, this dark universe would consist of the modern-day reboots of their classic monsters, such as Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, the werewolf, creature of the lagoon, and the invisible man. It was also noted that fans should expect at least one film per year from the series. We never got those. No. <laughs> I mean, I, it would later explain in like, the yeah. outline. <laughs> Um, the would-be film series was set to begin in uh, 2017, starting with The Mummy, uh, starring Tom Cruise, uh, Sofia Botella, and Russell Crowe. This would be followed by the remake of The Bride of Frankenstein in 2019 with Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster. You know a really funny thing about this? I thought that they were actually rebooting it with uh, Dracula. Remember they remade the Dracula movie? 
Yeah, like it, like for that one, it was kind of weird because like I remember that they remade that. Yeah. And then they announced that oh they were doing a universe. The universe, yeah. But then they, they didn't talk about the Dracula one, and I think it was kind of like you know how they made the Hulk movie and then they made the Iron Man movie. Yeah. I think it's kind of the same thing where they're like oh shit like we have this IP that we're gonna turn into a cinematic universe, but we already made one before it. So we'll like include it as like an honorary like inclusion, because the Hulk movie from two thousand eight is technically the first MCU movie. The Eric Bana one, or the um. The one with Edward Norton. Oh really? I yeah. Think the Eric Bana was. No, the one with Edward Edward Norton came after that, and it's the like official. This is the start of the MCU, but. Technically, officially, the Iron Man movie was the first MCU movie Um, when they'd already planned to do an MCU, so they did an MCU movie. But yeah, so anyway, an image released in May of 2017 featured Depp, Cruz, Bardem, Crow, and Sofia Botella to announce uh, the Dark Universe. So, um, we're looking at an image of, like, them... Um, all three, all five of them just kind of, like, standing or, like, posing in, like, in front of this, like, what, like, dark gray background with, like, a gray hardwood floor. Mm -hmm. And then Bardem is, like, sitting, like, he's, like, lounging on this, like, green chair. And then he's in front of, like, Russell Crowe, Tom Cruise, and then Johnny Depp. And then Sophia Butella just decided that she just wanted to pose and not be part of the group. Yeah. Just... You know why? Because I would, when I was looking at this, I'm like, why are we talking about this picture? This looks like a fake-ass Photoshop. And then I saw right underneath it, it says it's a Photoshop. Yeah. So I'm like, why are we talking about it? <laughs> when The Mummy came out on June 9th of 2017, it received negative criticism and box office returns were abysmal. They made back four hundred ten million on an approximate budget of three hundred forty-five million. Changes were made to the Dark Universe to focus more on individual individual storytelling and moving away from the shared universe concept. I feel like that's kind of a good idea because in like the Mummy, they teased Russell Crowe a little bit, but then they didn't mention any of the other ones really. They're like, oh yeah, there is this other universe, but then they didn't really talk about it much oh so like russell's character didn't say like oh yeah like i'm i gotta go dracula or some shit no they just kind of showed that he's dr hyde yeah or jackal oh you know he's hyde oh i thought he was like van helsen no 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 he's like uh, dr hyde because oh. he was turning into jackal in the movie like you know he was like oh, i'm gonna about to turn and this is not gonna be fun for you or whatever he was like saying they tried to make him sound badass but it's like the 70 year old man you know <laughs> just shaking and his like all the fat in his face is shaking so you can't really like take him seriously in january 2019 universal confirmed that they would be switching to standalone stories more than uh shared universe stories jason bloom of bloomhouse productions had expressed interest in reviving and working future installments within the dark universe films in late January of 2019, The Invisible Man was set to be written and directed by Lee Wonell and produced by Boom, but would not star Johnny Depp uh, as previously reported. This might have been attributed as a result of Amber Heard's accusations of spousal abuse uh, and, you know, later finding out that 
all those like accusations of no it was actually her doing spousal abuse yeah and then uh lay else stated in an interview that they brought him onto the project after he finished upgrade without notifying him beforehand yeah like they didn't like say like hey like you know we're interested in like working on a project with you like they didn't bring that mm-hmm. up they just had him come for a meeting and he thought it was about upgrade but it turns out it was about the invisible man uh, so he was just like oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um in april of 2019 elizabeth moss was officially cast as a lead and principal photography began on july 16 2019 and ending on september 17 2019 and they filmed primarily in australia uh, the exterior shots of Adam's house were filmed at Headland House. Headland House? Is that like a famous architecture building? Because that house looked fancy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the interior shots were filmed in Kiama. 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 Kiama? Kiama. Kiama. Yeah. Kiama. Uh, at a mansion known as Pebble Cove Farm. Um, Lee wanted to have plenty of light in the in the movie because the Invisible Man doesn't need to hide in the darkness, and Wanell and his crews use a combination of old school technology and s- with the state of the arts uh, CGI wizardry to bring the Invisible Man to life. So some of the scenes required a full green suited actor that could be painted out later while others achieve with nothing more than a simple bit of string. They also use a robotic camera rig that could be programmed to shoot each take with the same exact timing and movement, allowing the team to capture both the take uh, with the stuntman and one without him. Uh, Editors then merged the two shots and digitally erased him afterwards. Um, There was also uh, a use of calculated panning shots using a lot of negative space around the characters, including Cecilia, uh, and stating on a particular spot as Cecilia leaves the frame. Yeah, that was really interesting. Like, you know, when they would just focus in on an empty chair, and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, he's supposed to be sitting on that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, or when, like, there's a really wide shot, and you're like, okay, there's enough room in this room for two people so you can feel oh there's there's another person in there yeah uh it's pretty uh it's a pretty interesting feeling and i like the ones where you know some of the shots were um i don't know how to describe it where like it's like a if you take like a um intersection of the room and you fill the frame with the room oh like a split shot no like where um the you the entire frame of the house is perfectly within the room within the frame of the oh, shot yeah so you can see the entire room like a cut out of it yeah 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 Yeah. so they did a lot of that which which was kind of cool it reminded me a little bit of that guy that did um like fantastic mr fox oh okay uh wes anderson yeah it reminded me a lot of wes anderson because it was like the entire like scene is in you know in the center and you're just watching something happening in the middle like they're fighting 
in the middle of the kitchen or something and it was really interesting um all right so army hammer and alexander skarsgård were the studio's top choices for the role of the uh invisible man but it ended up going to someone else this film pays a lot of homage to several films such as the coffee grounds for paranormal activity uh blankets being pulled off of people like in the conjuring uh the mannequin with the raincoat hat and sunglasses which is you know that's how the original invisible man looked uh and then the shot um at one hour three minutes and four seconds in uh, which is inspired by heat um where you know the character is standing in front of the glass yeah like basically in front of like the waves the the waves and it's and like the shot from heat is also an inspiration from a edward hopper uh Mm -hmm. picture which is like a similar thing Mm -hmm. uh but that one was like daytime gotcha um so it's like an inspiration within the inspiration within the inspiration gotcha (laughs) It's a lot of homages, yeah. Um, this uh, movie had a budget of seven million, with a box office earnings uh, of one hundred forty-three million. The movie was theatrically released in the U.S. on February twenty-eighth of twenty-twenty. On March sixteenth, the Universal Pictures announced that the film would be digitally released to the U.S. and Canada through premium video on demand on March twentieth just three weeks after the film's theatrical release due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. At first, Bonnell and Moss stated that the movie was a standalone film within a def- with a definitive ending. However, that changed over time with Elizabeth claiming that she wants to do a sequel. By June 2020, it was officially announced that Bonnell is working on a sequel to The Invisible Man. There's also possible The Invisible Woman uh, with Elizabeth banks to star direct and produce uh and i would like that because i like elizabeth banks and she spells her name right (laughs) um it would also be based on the 1940 film the invisible woman uh and it was originally it was officially announced on november 2019 uh however there hasn't been any updates about the invisible woman film since then yeah uh, so the film starts with Cecilia and Adrian sleeping um, in a window-filled room that has oceans in the background. And it is late at night and Cecilia wakes up. Uh, she slowly gets up and checks to see if Adrian is awake. Uh, we learn that Adrian has been drugged with diazepam, uh, which is like a form of Valium. Mm-hmm. Basically, what happened was that Cecilia slipped um, the drug into Adrian's water that I guess she gave him prior to uh, going to bed. Uh, So though she makes a couple of loud noises um, by accidentally kicking the dog's bowl um, and for Zeus, who is a dog, accidentally hitting one of the cars in the garage... As Cecilia makes it out of the house, uh, she runs into the woods, which is kind of weird because the woods, like, it was just, like, a patch of trees. Yeah. It wasn't, like, an actual, like, woodsy area in, like, Seattle or, like, British Columbia. Yeah, it's like, why did you choose to run here? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That was kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. So, 
she makes it out to a road only to find that her ride isn't there. Uh, but once her sister Emily arrives, uh, Emily, Emily is focused on questioning Cecilia on how she feels instead of driving away how, how like doing? a normal person would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's like, oh, like, Cecilia's, how okay, can you shut up and drive, please? Yeah, We're like, running Cecilia away right now. Yeah, like, is, like, running to her and opening the door and is, like, quickly trying to get, you know, inside. And then Emily's like, oh, like, is everything okay? Like, yeah, how are was you, your day? Are you okay? Like, why, why, why are we leaving, like, in the middle of the night? Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell me what's going on? I know. I <laughs> hate those characters. I really do. So as Cecilia tries to tell Emily to go, Adrian runs towards the car, like, in the, like, the dark part of the woods, and... <laughs> Yeah. Just like breaks the passenger's window open. Uh, luckily, Emily drives away because she realized, oh, yeah, that was the reason why you wanted to leave in the <laughs> middle of the night. <laughs> oh, this guy banging on our window. He's the reason. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before uh, Adrian uh, does any further damages, they manage to get out and leave. However, as the women drive away, Cecilia leaves behind a bottle of diazepam. Um, then, two weeks later, Cecilia still struggles to step out her, of her sister's friend's house, who is Detective James Lehner. James steps in to tell Cecilia that it's not hard stepping outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just go outside, you know? Yeah. Like, even though I am a detective and I should understand how victims of abuse... (laughs) Or just phobias in general, like, you know. Yeah. Just walk it off, man. Just get over it. Yeah. So Cecilia uh, tries um, to step outside but freaks out when this runner uh, comes up to her... Um, thinking that the runner is actually Adrian. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next day, Emily stops by the house to inform Cecilia that Adrian committed suicide. Um, and then she shows her this article, just one article. Like, there wasn't, like, a newscast mm-hmm. or anything like well, that. Well, I mean, it's just some random guy dying, right? Like, who cares? Yeah. There isn't going to be a news article about a rich guy dying. I mean, like, he wasn't he, like, a scientist or anything? Yeah, but how often do you hear about a scientist dying unless it's, like, you know, uh, Richard Hawking or, you know, one of those guys? And yeah. He didn't seem like one of those guys. He was just, like, oh, you know, it was just a normal guy. He was no Elon Musk. He was, like... No, he's, like, a guy from Playa Vista. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Where we don't know what they're doing, but... Yeah. So once Cecilia becomes confident to step outside and get the mail, uh, she receives a letter from the state ordering her to attend the will reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once she's there with Emily, Adrian's brother Tom reads the will, and it states that Cecilia uh, will receive $5 million in lump sums of $100,000 per month, tax-free, wow. if... She doesn't commit a crime of any sorts. Oh, wow. Uh, Cecilia accepts the deal and signs the form. 
Uh, back at Lanner's house, uh, Cecilia gives James a new ladder because apparently, <laughs> remember, it was like um, prior to like her finding out that Adrian died. Yeah, you have like uh, James in the background with this like raggedy like ladder, ladder yeah, and everything. And it's like I don't know. Instead of giving him like a new car or like. A better house she gives her gives him a fucking, fucking ladder. ladder yeah <laughs> it's like you're getting a hundred thousand dollars a month and this is the best you can do for me yeah and uh she states that it's for his home improvement projects um while she creates a savings account for sydney in which cecilia would deposit ten thousand dollars per month for the next year yeah uh, so not for the, you know, until she's 18, just for one year. So, you know, you got to figure out. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to figure out the, what, like, um. Uh, like you got to figure it out quick. Yeah. You can only, like, get 120000 So you got to figure out the rest of them, you yeah. know? You got to. <laughs> uh, so while Cecilia takes out uh, new dresses and outfits, from her shopping bag she senses someone watching her uh yet when she looks around no one is there um then the next morning uh cecilia cooks breakfast um and when she steps out of the kitchen um an unknown force takes the kitchen knife and turns the dial of the stove top causing a mini fire uh, now james was able to put out the fire and then Cecilia was like, oh, sorry, like, I I didn't know I was out, you know, away from the stove yeah. that, that long. Uh, so that night, uh, while working on her laptop, Cecilia senses that someone is in the hallway. Uh, she checks in the living room and the kitchen only to find the front door open. Uh, and then once she walks outside, like any person would, <laughs> when someone... Yeah, when, when I hear something, I immediately go outside and check. No, but it's like when you have, like, a freaking, like, front door open, you don't be like, oh, yeah, let me go up there. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> Never in a million years. Um, so she goes outside and checks, um, and to see if like someone is outside but as she stands there an invisible person lets out air right next to her revealing his breath oh, I, when you said lets out air that sounds a lot like farting babe okay he wasn't farting he was you mean like, he just breathes and you see the condensation he like breathes out air okay yeah. he breathes out air he he lets out air from his orifice Imagine if he farted. What if he what had? If he farted? What if he had a bean burrito <laughs> right before he decided to put on yeah. his invisible costume? <laughs> oh my god! He'd be farting all day. Yeah, you just see like little like you know clouds of like condensation just <laughs> scared to be alone. Uh, she shares uh, a bed with Sydney. Who just happens to have a queen bed. So, again, very privileged. Yeah. Because, you know, both of us had twin beds. Yeah. But for her, it was it's a queen a bed. A queen, yeah, I know. I have friends who've had, like, queen and king beds growing up. And it's like, wait, you guys are bougie. I had a twin. 
So while they sleep, an unknown person removes the sheets and duvet from Cecilia and Sydney and takes pictures of them with flashes, which, like, wouldn't people, like, wake up no, with... No, they no. probably wouldn't, no. They wouldn't? No. I would. Some people won't. Okay, I know I wouldn't. <laughs> I, like, slept through an entire fire alarm. <laughs> No, I would wake up immediately. Uh, so Cecilia uh, wakes up and mistakes the mannequin to be a man. Um, and once she notes the covers on the foot of the bed, she feels that someone is in the room and thinks someone is sitting on the chair. And then there, it's just like this long um, shot of like this chair for like 10 or 20 seconds. Yeah, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then Cecilia throws the sheet over the chair, revealing that no one's there. So, relaxed, she tries to take the sheet to bed, but she struggles to pull the sheet with her. And when she turns, she finds that there's an invisible force standing on the sheets. Yeah. As the force steps closer to Celia, uh, causing her to panic... But then when James arrives and turns the lights on, no one's there. And s- Which I would immediately start flinging my arms around, you know? I would be like, no, there is someone here. Like, let me, like, swing my arms around. I'm sure I can, like, hit them or something, you know? Like... Yeah. I feel like that's easily remediated. Um, so when... Ce- like, Cecilia assures uh, them that someone is there... But Sydney and James don't believe her, and that she is just paranoid. Um, the next day, uh, she goes um, to a job interview at this architecture um, firm. And during the interview, Cecilia uh, goes to open her portfolio, portfolio case, only to find it missing. And she apologizes to the interviewer and tells the guy that she did had the portfolio in the case but then the, the guy notes that she can just email her yeah yeah she, she can just email the portfolio yeah stuff. she yeah. doesn't need to you know worry about that um and tries to move on with the interview but cecilia starts to become unwell and she starts to get dizzy before collapsing to the ground yeah uh she's she in, has a panic attack basically yeah uh, so she is sent to the hospital where a doctor tells Cecilia and James that she had high levels of diazepam in her system. Mm. And James tries to seek answers, but Cecilia tells him that she just wants to take a shower. Um, and they go back home and uh, she takes a shower. And then like there's like a handprint on it, but she doesn't realize it. Yeah. And then, um, after she receives this call, um, she goes back to the bathroom where she finds a bloodied, uh, diazepam, um, pill bottle that Cecilia left behind. So she then, uh, goes to Tom's office with James, asking Tom to tell Adrian to stop what he's doing. Uh, and after she tells her, uh, story on how Adrian told her that she would not get away from him. She shows the men the bottle of the diazepam, claiming Mm -hmm. that she lost it when she tried to escape from Adrian. And Tom uh, doesn't believe her, 
but she affirms that Adrian isn't dead and has figured out how to make himself invisible. Mm -hmm. Because, um, like, in the very beginning, there were these, like, uh, suits, like, in his, like, fancy, like... uh, Office-y type area. Yeah. yeah. So she knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Tom tells um, Cecilia that he was a victim like her... Uh, that he was glad Adrian killed himself, but it was kind of funny when he was like, "Oh, I was a victim too," and I'm like, "Bitch, you were you weren't even living with yeah, him. Like, though. fuck you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Cecilia goes to her sister's apartment to try to talk to her, but Emily refuses, claiming that Cecilia sent her uh, a horrendous email, mm-hmm. claiming that she doesn't want to see Emily ever again. And Cecilia claims that Adrian is just trying to make Emily think that she said that in order to push people away from her. But Emily ignores her and shuts um, her door. And Cecilia returns to James's house to check on her laptop to which she finds the email. And upset, she like cries in the darkness on the ground. And then Sydney kind of like stops by to check on Cecilia. And once Sydney offers to go shopping, uh, Cecilia agrees. However, as they get up, Sydney is hit by an unknown force. Like she got bitch slapped, basically. Yeah, like punched almost. Like yeah. Decked in the face. Yeah. So Sydney freaks out, thinking that Cecilia hit her. And James arrives just in time to accuse Cecilia of hurting her his daughter yeah uh so he leaves the house with uh sydney and orders cecilia to leave by that night mm-hmm. uh, so once james and sydney leave uh cecilia yells out to adrian to show himself but he doesn't uh she then takes coffee grounds and spreads it like across her room yeah. uh in hopes to see adrian's feet like his footsteps, yeah. Yeah, or just like hear him coming mm-hmm. in. And then she decides to call Adrian's phone only to hear a vibrating sound coming from the attic. Uh, so she uses a brand new ladder that she <laughs> bought James uh, to climb into the attic uh, where she finds Adrian's phone, which uh, contains pictures of her and also a kitchen knife and a bag. Wow. Um, and she panics, believing that Adrian is in the attic with her. Uh, but she pauses and then, like, looks over the attic door, thinking, thinking that she heard something. Mm-hmm. So she takes one of the paint buckets, which is somehow open and didn't dry up. Yeah. <laughs> and dumps it out of the attic floor revealing the invisible man oh my god he's there she wasn't crazy (laughs) oh my god oh my god we believe her now yeah and also that all of that was really well done oh yeah like it was really good i think part of the scare the scariest part of this movie to be honest is how much you feel like helpless for the person like it, yeah, you you're constantly screaming, "Oh my god, like do this. Why aren't you why don't you look around or how can these people be so dumb?" blah blah blah. But like the entire like anxiousness is part of the horror for me. Like 
the movie isn't scary it's just the the scary part is people not believing you yeah when you tell the truth that's the scary part yeah i would say that this is more thriller than a horror yeah it's a, film. it's like a psychological thriller i don't think it's a horror film it's like the whole the like yeah i think that's that i think that's my stance on the movie is like the the scariest thing is not being believed when you're telling the truth oh yeah you know? yeah i know that from personal experience oh yeah uh so she screams while the man uh falls off the ladder uh the brand new ladder that she just bought James. yeah and she just spilled paint on it which is not cool god she's got to return that and then probably have to buy another new <laughs> yeah then she's going to get mad because it's like man like i'm wasting my hundred thousand dollars on this like stupid lamp or this like, i only stupid get a hundred thousand dollars a month <laughs> also what job did that guy have oh my god if <laughs> if like his dead like ex-wife like he's dead and his like ex-wife is or whatever is getting a hundred thousand a month for the rest of her life i'm like damn dude that's uh maybe he did like a lot of the investing or just like was an entrepreneur. maybe he was a crypto bro maybe uh so uh she climbs down the attic um without the ladder because like you know it's it's useless it's got paint all over it uh so she she follows the paint drops that leads her to the kitchen where the sink is left on with paint splattered around it so the invisible man then attacks her uh and the two struggle before cecilia escapes and catches a lift and it was kind of funny because like the way that she was like oh. you gotta you gotta hurry you gotta hurry yeah and the guy's like reversing yeah doing like a 14 turn, turn yeah turn it was so funny <laughs> So, uh, once this guy, like, um, does this, like, 13 U-turn, the driver takes her back to Adrian's mansion that morning, and she advises the, dri the driver to stay where he is until she comes back, and to, like, also lock the doors. Yeah. Uh, so, she enters Adrian's office and finds Adrian's invisible suit. And she takes the suit and hides it in the same spot um, in the walk-in closet uh, where she hid her traveling bag. Uh, she took when she, uh, you know, escaped the house in the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. So right after she hides the suit, the invisible man shows up and attacks Cecilia. Uh, she escapes with the help of Zeus, uh, who barks at the man while she heads back to the car. Zeus is the dog, by the way. Yeah. 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 He's like the dopey, like, Dober Doberman pincher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she manages to call Emily and notifies her that Adrian is using the invisible uh, suit and decides to meet her uh, in a public area. So she drives back to San Francisco mm -hmm. um, and they meet up at this upscale restaurant uh, where Cecilia talks about a how Adrian is using this in invisibility suit. Yeah, she's like explaining the entire like thing of like he's doing this and uh, you know this is what he's been using and this is how he's doing everything. I saw it, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, and that he, she's like, that's why you got that weird email. It wasn't actually from me. Uh, and, you know, Cecilia starts explaining and as soon as, you know, uh, the sister starts turning around and actually, like, believing her, 
um, Emily spots a butcher knife floating next to Cecilia uh, before it slices her throat and lands it in Cecilia's hands. So it plays out in literally less than a second where like Emily sees the knife floating, realizes, oh wow, what she's telling me is actually true. And then the knife like cuts her throat and gets put in uh, Cecilia's hand. Mm -hmm. um, and of course she dies from that um, and uh, from the loss of blood from getting her uh, throat slit and Cecilia, did, Cecilia is arrested for murder. Um, which, uh, honestly, we had kind of an issue when we were watching this because we were like, can't they just check the footage from the cameras in the restaurant? Yeah. Like, every restaurant has cameras nowadays, so they would easily be able to go back and say, hey, look, like, this this happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially for, like, an upscale restaurant. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. I guess, like, they didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as she's as Cecilia is arrested, um, they take her in for questioning, and she says that it was Adrian. She goes into, like, a hysterical explanation about the suit and all of that stuff. So people start to assume that she's actually crazy, and they put her in the uh, psych hospital to be held. Uh, after this, so uh, doctor sedates her and leaves her. We hear Adrian say surprise. Uh, while staying at the hospital, the, no the nurse notifies um, Cecilia that she's pregnant and that this happened within the last few weeks, uh, noting that Adrian must have, you know, gotten her pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, when Tom visits Cecilia, he says that she will not be giving the money that uh, Adrian promised her since she committed a crime. However, she can receive the money if she turns to Adrian and uh, raises the child with him. Uh, Tom then notes that Adrian found out about the uh, about Cecilia taking birth control pills and switched them out to a placebo, uh, and basically helped uh, help stage his brother's suicide. So, uh, we've, this is like you know Tom confirming that yeah he's not dead. Uh, I helped him. Uh, we got you pregnant. Uh, <laughs> uh, and basically says yeah if you say yeah i'll come back and live with him uh you'll have your life back basically so cecilia refuses the offer and pushes the contract off the table uh basically like she's acting uh, and as tom goes to pick up the papers uh cecilia takes one of tom's fountain pens and hides it uh once she's checked in and lo locked in her room uh by one of the nurses she takes the fountain pen and uh, she hid and tries to attempt suicide by cutting her forearm that's when adrian intervenes uh only for cecilia to stab him with the pen causing the suit to malfunction that's where we see the suit and it's basically like a bunch of cameras mounted on a suit uh, and it looks kind of it looks really creepy for the people that have a phobia of things with holes in them uh, yeah, this kinda, is gonna scare you it almost looks like um remember the mythbusters like with the golf ball uh car yeah yeah with like the little like indents it's kind of like that okay yeah 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 once the suit starts uh malfunctioning uh she runs out of the room uh, security arrives but Adrian very easily kills all of them. Um, then Adrian manages to escape the hospital with Cecilia uh, with a gun. 
he gets away and Cecilia decides to head to James's house, thinking that Adrian will attack the uh, people that Cecilia still loves uh, and manages to flag someone down and takes their car. Back at James's house, Sydney wakes up to feel that someone is in her room. She pepper sprays the invisible man who struggles to recover. James tries to fight him, but then is taken over by him. Cecilia arrives to shoot the figure to death. When she unmasks the figure, she discovers that it was Tom and not Adrian. Earlier that morning, police arrive at Adrian's house to find him tied up in the back in like a cellar type area. Uh, Adrian then accuses his brother of holding him uh, prisoner and Cecilia says that this is not true. She doesn't believe it. She believes that Adrian also set up Tom to be the fall guy after Cecilia shot him. Uh, now exonerated, Cecilia decides to meet Adrian at his house uh, while wearing a wiretap. James listens on the wiretap a few blocks away. Once at the house, Adrian asks her what she wants for dinner, to which uh, she says steak. During the dinner, Cecilia agrees to mend their relationship if Adrian confesses to killing Emily at least. Adrian insists that Tom was responsible for that. You can kind of tell that he's he knows what she's up to. He knows that she's trying to get him to confess. Yeah. So he says, no, it was all Tom. But then it says that the experience uh, changed his outlook on life and how he was gonna treat her going forward after uh adrian like comes in closer and says the word surprise uh cecilia excuses herself adrian continues eating his meal uh when an unknown force makes adrian slit his own throat Ooh, that's when we all went Ooh, when yeah. watching. oh and just so you know like um in the dining room that they are in they there is cameras yeah there's cameras there and we're assuming that it's being recorded and you know the police is gonna look at this later the way the movie is shot is basically gonna it it basically tells you that hey the camera footage you're seeing right now is gonna be seen by the police so you know what's what's kind of about to happen yeah so he slits his own throat and collapses by the chair by uh, while the camera in the dining room continues to record uh, Cecilia returns to discover Adrian bleeding. Uh, she calls 911 and says that uh, Adrian attempted suicide. Jane hears it and rushes over to the house. So as uh, Cecilia is telling the operator what the address of the house is, she backs up so that we're, so that she's standing where the camera doesn't see her. Uh, and she basically tells Adrian that she's the one that, you know, did it. Like she, you know, looks at him and says, haha, like I killed you. Yeah. You know, uh, she taunts Adrian uh, and says that she used a spare bodysuit to kill him. Uh, though uh, he's visibly very angry, he loses a lot of blood and dies. When James arrives to the house, Cecilia basically reiterates what was what we saw on the camera, which was him slitting his own throat. He notices that she's carrying the invisible suit, but allows her to leave with Zeus. Yeah. It- and that's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the film. <laughs> do it one more time. And that's the end of the film. <laughs> so good. I really like this movie, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right, so our thoughts on Cecilia. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. I mean, I really liked her. I'm not big Elizabeth Elisa, Beth Moss um, person. 
-hmm. Like, I didn't really like Handmaid's Tale. Sorry. But I kind of got annoyed, like, I think by season two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, I think, like, it was a pretty good performance. Like, I think, like, you know, okay, like, I get it. Like, I think, like, you can understand, like, her frustration and how she's uh, dealing, you know, like, how she's trying to explain to everyone that she's not crazy. Yeah. But everyone's like, no, you're crazy. (laughs) But we know that she isn't crazy. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, guys, please, I'm not crazy. And everyone around there is like, okay, crazy, calm down. (laughs) Yeah, I think she did a good job uh, playing the character um, as far as the actress goes. As far as in the movie... I, I can never really relate with some of these characters that are in, like, abusive relationships because uh, it's always like, okay, why don't you just go to the police or why don't you just, like, tell your friends or something, you know? I always feel like there is a way you can get yourself out of this situation, but, I mean, you know. it's... I think, like, in terms of, like, an abusive... Like, a person going through an abusive relationship, like... It's a it's very psychological and it's very hard to uh, get out of it. Yeah. Like I mean, for us, like it may be easier because we, you know, both of us aren't in a haven't been in like an abusive like relationship. Yeah. So we don't know what it's like, but yeah. At the same time, it's like, hey, if you're in an abusive relationship, like seek help. Uh, there's tons of resources out there and websites and all of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I felt really bad for her when her sister died in front of her. Like, that was really shitty. Oh, yeah. that was, I would say that that gave her severe PTSD. Because yeah. that was just, like, very traumatic and very sudden. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like, you know, she, she was, like, strong um, for her character. You know, mm-hmm. for her, you know, where she was coming from and such. Um... But then I also liked that in the end she kind of like, it was almost like she was playing chess with Adrian. Yeah. And she, you know, checkmate. Yeah, she won basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the entire time he was one step ahead, but now, you know, she was one step ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you think about James, the cop? Uh, he could have done a little bit more, <laughs> to be honest, because like... It's like, you're not a smart cop, you know? Yeah, and also he's a detective, so it's like, shouldn't you be, like, a little bit smarter than the average cop? Yeah, it's like, dude, you there's obviously someone in your house, and, like, weird stuff is going on, but, I mean, I get why his character was there, right? Like, he was needed to be the place for her to stay, um, like, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not mad about his character, it's just, like, another character of, like, okay, well could have done more yeah and i i also think that it probably he was like representing the people like us where you know we just feel like oh it's like so easy to like just get up and leave type of thing yeah you know like like even though he's supposed to like probably know this you know but like i wonder like what section as a detective he's in because if he's like in like art uh forgery then they'll be like okay he probably wouldn't know like yeah exact like things but like if he if he's like a detective for like 
special victims unit or like mm -hmm. something else i'm like yeah i think you should probably know how to deal with cecilia yeah like he, she's obviously like in distress and you know obviously all fucked up like what are you doing yeah so i mean i think like it probably would have been best if maybe he was a different had like a different occupation yeah so then it doesn't make it weird that oh like he's just a detective but yet like <laughs> he's not doing what a detective should, should do. do yeah for sure uh what did you think about adrian i mean it's kind of i didn't understand his obsession with elizabeth yeah i'm like wow okay like just let her go who cares like go find another girlfriend yeah yeah that is but... that is interesting because like they don't really give like a backstory of like how they met yeah like, she only talked about like the you know the abuse yeah like, but she never talked about how they met mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like okay like you know, I mean, like, unless, like, she was, like, the one that had, like, the five million dollars, and I'll be like, okay, like, maybe it was because of that. Yeah, but it's, like, you already have money, you have a good job, you have a good, like, tech thing built, like, who cares? Like, just, you know, get someone else. I mean, like, if we're talking about, like, uh, you know, victims of abuse, maybe it's, like, he picked her because he probably felt that she had, like, um not a strong person mm -hmm. you know kind of like how cult, yeah. how cult members find new members is that they're kind of like at a low point in their life yeah he was like oh i can manipulate her or right, she'll just put up with it yeah. or whatever yeah. so i think it was kind of more of like that because like i know in the beginning like she probably was very shy and everything but then like when she started to be like yeah i want to leave this guy yeah i think that's when she started to change mm -hmm. so that's how i would envision it but yeah and i think it's just kind of like that whole obsession of like property you know maybe he was so obsessed of like you know keeping her with him and only him so like he like even if she like left like he will like still try to find her and track her down yeah i think it's more about that the actor did a pretty good job mm-hmm um yeah, and also, like, Adrian was kind of, like, a smart person. Like, he was, like, trying to be one step ahead of Cecilia. And he it almost felt like that he planned this entire thing, like, months in advance. Yeah, they, it was almost too well planned, you know? Yeah. It's like, how many other people have you done this to? Because it almost feels like you're like, okay, this is, like, the fourth one or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, like, we don't really know his backstory. Yeah. So. Uh, what did you think about Emily? Uh, I feel like if my sister told me something, I would believe her. Oh. And if my, like, sister or even, like, one of my friends sent me an email telling me they never wanted to see me again, I'd be like, okay, this is obviously not from them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would be. I wouldn't be like. No, I'm never talking to you again. No, I mean, like, I think like if it's like your sister, I think you'll probably be like, hey, like, what happened? Like, yeah. do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think you're just like immediately banish them from from Pretty, your life. Yeah, and it's like you know, if someone says, oh, there's a person with an invisible like 
suit, my guard will be up immediately. Like, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I would immediately start swinging my arms around everywhere. No, uh, uh, no discrimination. I would immediately be going around like just swinging. Like you know, how you used to do as kids in like the playground to like hit people, yeah. and be like, oh, I didn't do it. You walked into it. I didn't do it. You walked into it. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like, well, I mean, at first, like, she was very dumb, because, like, when Cecilia is, like, trying to escape, she's like, oh, would you like to, like, con- you know, have a conversation? Oh, like, let's that was talk so about annoying. When and she's I was like, like oh. oh, my God, it's the middle of the night. She's trying to escape. She just ran out of the woods at you, like, not wearing anything, not carrying anything, obviously in distress. What? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we Would here? Would you like some tea? I brought some tea. It, hold on, let me adjust my mirrors real quick. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you didn't adjust your mirrors like before you came. <laughs> no, no, like you know, I, yeah. mean, I forgot. So I and I didn't want to stop traffic, so I, you know, I just kept going until I met you. And then I was like, okay, now I have, I'm in a safe yeah. environment that I could adjust my windows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I overall like the movie a lot. I'm glad I saw it. I'll probably watch it again for like Halloween a few years again in a few mm-hmm. years. Um, but I'm glad I saw it at like a friend's house rather than the theater because I think you needed to be quiet for this movie, uh, especially because it always has that like ticking sound in the background for the cameras on the suit. And that was really annoying too, but like you kind of need that sound in the movie. Oh, um, I didn't hear that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, in the theater, I think it would have been too loud. You know, people talking, coughing, blah blah blah. Okay, I don't think like everyone's like talking like. <laughs> no, it's just like you know, people being alive around you has a lot of noise. So I yeah. I tend to not like it, but I mean I I like watching this movie. I'll probably. Uh, watch the rest of the Dark Universe whenever that gets released. I don't think they will. Oh, ever. I'm sure they will do it. Oh, they will try to yeah. do it? Yeah, they're just waiting for people to forget about the mummy. Well, that's going to be a long time. Because, like, Ralph's nah. a movie maker. And oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, when they try it, people will, like, remember. But, you know, they'll be like, haha, yeah, that was funny. But no, it's totally different this time. We swear. <laughs> I still, I still remember the time that they tried to revive uh, the werewolf um, with Benicio del Toro. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. No. It's a horrible movie, but I remember seeing it because I wanted to see it because, like, I was like a teenager and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I want to see a naked guy's butt." But you know? yeah, <laughs> like, oh my god, so Benicio stupid. del Toro, say no more. But yeah, like, um, I remember that, and I still remember it, even though it's been, like, ten years or so. hmm But yeah, I really like the film. I think it's a, a good film to watch. Um, there are some, like, funny moments where it's like, okay, why are we here? <laughs> like, <laughs> why did you buy this guy a ladder instead of a fucking house? Yeah. I don't know, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Speaking of the ladder, I remember there were some scenes... Where I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly what a person with anxiety would act like. And, like, I remember the interview set, like, part. I was like, oh, my God, if I had anxiety, this is exactly how you would 
the how would act, you know? Oh, yeah. You pr- try to pretend to be normal and you can kind of fake it for the most part. But then, like, certain things will set you off or, like, you'll look a little bit different than everyone else around you. And that was really well done. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's as far as the movie goes. That's what I thought about it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, sorry it was, like, what, a three-month delay? Because this was supposed to be a Halloween. Halloween thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll try to do Valentine's Day and hopefully Easter. Easter, yeah. We're still trying to do that one film that we want to do for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but thank you for your patience. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for, like, waiting for a while. Because, like, I, I haven't uploaded stuff since, like, November 18th, so it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but it was the holidays, you know, and, you know, COVID. Not, I mean, we didn't have yeah. COVID, but I'm just saying COVID. And we don't get paid for this. We deserve some time off. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have work. <laughs> I have a thing called a job. job. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly, we have jobs. So, yeah, thank you for listening uh, you can follow us on Instagram at J-A-N-D-M underscore podcast. Um, you can also review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Yeah. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Po- Google Podcasts and uh, SoundCloud. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Come yeah. back for the next one. Okay. Bye. Bye.